Hailstormer Back from the Dead here on Music Talk with an album that features more screams, more solos, more extremes. Here is Lizzie Hale to tell us what it was like to come back from the dead. Back from the dead? Is yep. that kind of how, out, how it feels? <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely uh, <laughs> it's definitely a war cry of survival. Um, uh, you know, it but it's a uh, yeah, we're so excited about finally releasing new music and um I don't know whether or not I'll get a little emotional when I buy it for the first time right. um, out in public. But uh, but you know, every time I start talking about it, I get a little misty. So there there may be some of that. It's, fair <laughs> I'm enough. Fair much enough. more connected. Much more connected with my emotions after after all that we've <laughs> that we've gone through the past couple of years. So. Ah, well, good. Well, I wanted to talk to you about that, which what it was like for you. I, I've read a little bit about it, but I wanted to hear from you, um, you know, what you had to kind of go through because you're you're releasing records, you're on the road all the time and suddenly er, everything's done and you're, yeah. you're back home. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and it's it's hilarious because there were so many firsts that it's well, the, so many long periods of time that, you know, things that I've never done before, like since I've, I've been in this band since I was 13. So it had been the longest I've ever gone without a show. Um, the longest I've ever gone without the camaraderie of my bandmates without seeing people. Um, and the longest I've ever been in my house, you know, right. <laughs> you know it's kind of strange. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it started out like with everything. Oh, you know, it's, this, this is probably a blessing in disguise. We'll get a little break from everything. And then, you know, when all of a sudden people started like, you know, really struggling with their jobs and, you know, we were trying to put some stuff together for all of our crew that were out of work. And, and then, you know, there was no plan in sight for the foreseeable future. Um, yeah. Are we actually getting in the studio or, or, you know, all of our dates have gotten canceled. Um, you know, you just start looking at life in a different way. You, you start asking yourself who you are without all of those things. And, what I don't think I realized as a whole, because I've been doing this, you know, my whole life. I, you know, it's yep. 2022 marks 25 years since our first show with as Hailstorm. Uh, so I've been in this band longer than I haven't been. And right. I, don't th- I don't think I realized how many of those weapons, you know, I, I use to combat certain things in my head, maybe some, you know, uh, my self-doubt, depression, anxiety, a, a, a lovely alphabet soup of things in my sure, head, sure, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that I, you know, don't deal with as a normal person, you know, and I, I use the live show. I, I use, um, having this mission, this, this band is an extension of me. So again, like I said, when all of that halted, I had to look at myself in a different way, understand who I am without it. And it was a little scary because I'm no longer the um, the Lizzie Hale on stage, the rock star. I am now a Elizabeth May Hale the fourth <laughs> in my <laughs> in my pajamas on the couch for three days, wondering what my future holds. And um, you know, I suppose some of the silver lining that came out of writing this record was I definitely rediscovered the why why I I, I need to write re- versus loving to write um it yep. was literally the only weapon I had left <laughs> in, in that toolbox um to to combat you know some of the things that were going on in my head and in turn um this would have been a very different record if the world had remained the same and sure. I feel like I got to face some of those things head-on through writing this record so that's uh that's the power of music for you 
So was the writing process different for you because of the circumstances when, when you sat down, what was, what was the process like? Um, absolutely. I mean, from everything to, uh, you know, the fact that we, you know, we really had to change kind of everything about it, um, with, for, for myself, um, you know, started writing these songs just for the sake of writing, because we didn't really have a plan. And I found myself in, in a very good way, you know, you're not writing for specifically for your fan base. You're not writing for radio. You're not writing because you have a label breathing down your neck. You're writing just for you. And so I was, I started realizing the importance of writing from a very, you know, from a true perspective and not just so that we can get back out on tour um, and and do these things live. Um, And in turn, it actually, now that I listened to the record, it kind of made it more universal because you realize through that writing process that you weren't alone in any of those feelings. But as far as the the, the journey to finally get in the studio, it began as kind of a relay sport. You know, I would come up with some ideas and I would, you know, toss the baton to, to my guitar player, Joe, and he would write some stuff on top of it or vice versa. I'd get some ideas from, from my guys. But usually, you know, when we start actually developing, you know, our stuff to get into the studio, we all jam together. We all get together. So the fact that we really weren't doing that was, was very strange. And then um, even when we finally got into the studio together, we got all masked up and we kept the bubble tight and nobody went anywhere, but from studio to home. And so um, that was a, you know, you know, reunion of sorts, uh, you know, finally, you know, kind of getting together and jamming on some of these things. And um, I always tell people we were quite irresponsible because we had the songs that we knew we needed to work on, but then we ended up with, um, I think, a whole album's worth full of B-sides that are just really right. strange experimental, you know, experimental oh, cool. songs, you know, that, <laughs> because we just were so happy to be together again. Um, right. So that felt good. And then even the writing process, we ended up flipping, basically building the pyramid upside down. Um, I ended up doing all of the vocal takes um, to the demos. And oh. then we ended up taking them into the studio and building uh, the tracks around these vocal takes. So it it ended up giving it a very interesting perspective because usually it's the other way around. You know, we build yep, up the track yep. not the last one to get in. So you can really hear, you know, the influence that may that maybe my vocal takes ended up having on the uh, on the uh, music on the musical end uh, versus the other way around. So it's it's yeah, it was just a very interesting way to do it. But you know, um, again, silver linings with the way that the world was working, it kind of forces you to be creative and. I mean, I suppose the less one of the lessons that I learned through all this is that I probably wouldn't be a musician if I didn't know how to, you know, pivot and, you know, do things in a different way. And you know what? It's never the same way either. You know, I always I we always approach it like, okay, we're going to do it like we did the last record. Then, of course, the world is like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And considering your vocals, a you were off the road for a while. So I don't know if that had any effect on the physicality of actually singing and be mentally where, where are you at when you're doing these uh, performances, especially since you're doing it to demos instead of finished tracks? Oh my goodness. Um, You kind of have to, for me, it was kind of a relief because we were doing things and this was, this was me really getting a chance to, um, to perform, not just record because I hadn't performed in a while. So I feel like a lot of that, was, uh, you know, the studio was my replacement for that performance that I was, you know, that I was kind of needing and, and craving. And this, yeah, again, had to put it somewhere. So if, if, if the album's a little angsty, um, you know, <laughs> it was the only <laughs> outlet I could get. 
had to put it somewhere. Couldn't lay it out on stage. But it's interesting the mentality that goes into that too, because I I was very confident um, vocally as well because I had continued one of one of the things that I did manage to do during lockdown was you know continue to train and continue to develop things that you know maybe I I hadn't had the time before you know because we're always on tour so every time that we're off tour I'm like okay just rest don't sing don't do things and now it's like ah I'll just do all the things um (laughs) and so I really wanted to kind of um uh really show that spectrum uh in in my vocals but you know and spectrum in the songwriting and um I think that unconsciously all of us went into the studio thinking well if we never get to play these out live, you know, if, if the world just doesn't get back to it and, and this is our only outlet, everyone's going to be on 11. Um, we are going to leave no stone unturned and, uh, you know, go, go big or go home. Um, in, in the words of our producer, Nick Raskulinitz, um, we need this to be the, uh, the, we have an opportunity to have this be the most hailstorm eest <laughs> record ever. So, so really, I mean, that, that was the beautiful thing too. It's like everybody in their individual strengths, everybody showed up, nobody called anything in. Um, we all just really wanted to be there. Cool. Cool. Now we've seen and heard uh, a song called the steeple where there's a video to it and whatever. And that has, I mean, it's full on, but it's all also lyrically feels kind of inclusive as well. Is that, kind of the idea behind that too. Was that one of the first ones that came out of the writing sessions? Um, Absolutely. That was, uh, I mean, really that one came shortly after um, back from the dead where that, where that was kind of like the, the one that broke the dam, you know, all of a sudden Mm -hmm. like the flood started and things started really, we started holding ourselves to really just a higher standard because we wanted everything to be just as dynamic and is as intense as, um as back in the dead but with the steeple i mean yes there there is a a huge element to this that is quite literally me trying to create that communion and that fellowship that you that you um that you feel you know when you're at a show um at the same time there is that internal display of uh that feeling that happens internally when that cloud is lifted and in a lot of ways music um, is the grand source of that relief. Um, but I remember us just really feeling that as soon as we started really, you know, getting into, um, really recording these, these songs and, you know, there was still a lot of bad news every day, but we felt some kind of hope, you know? So hence, hence the first line, it stopped raining in my head today. And I finally feel like myself again, finding your place and understanding how, you know, how different, you know, that, that attitude toward the world can be depending on what's going on in your head. So there, there is a mental health element to that song as well as many others on this album. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the beautiful thing about both our first singles is that we went out on, uh, we've been out on two major tours since everything kind of opened back up. And there are people that have lines from both the steeple and back in the dead already tattooed on them. And the album hasn't even come out yet. So I'm like, I guess everybody just, like I said, everyone's just, let's go big or go home. Nobody's holding anything back, including the tattooists. So (laughs) (laughs) good on you. So it begins with back from the dead ends with a tune called raise your horns. And so I'm wondering, A, is was there a, a plan in place when you're making the playlist? And raise your horns, as I've heard. And uh, I was hoping you might comment on that. Oh, of course. Um, well, my my guitar player, Joe, and I uh, were quite obsessed with the sequence for this album. Um, uh-huh. 
we wanted to, you know, really, you know, we, I guess <laughs> we've, we've been talking quite a lot about how it is still kind of an old school mentality to actually put together an album and not just release singles. Um, but that was, you know, it's always been a passion of, of ours to really take, you know, the listener on a journey and on a ride and, um, you know, and not just, uh, you know, th- throw some, some bangers out there. So, I mean, it's both, a, it's both a journey musically, but also lyrically, it kind of plays into, um, you know, in, in real time, what the, what the roller coaster ride that we were going through. And so, you know, with raise your horns, that was kind of always in the back of our heads as a, as a good way to end the right. uh, album. And it's funny. I just literally discovered this this morning because I don't think I've ever actually looked up the, um, the meaning of the phrase raise your horns. There's an actual like meaning for it besides like metal. And you know, uh, yeah. it, it, it literally means to exalt oneself um, which I feel like subconsciously I knew that because that, that's uh-huh. the way I'm using that. But it, it was kind of funny how that all that worked out, you know. <laughs> um, but this, this, uh, you know, this song for me um, is definitely touches on the mental health. But it, but it, it's a message of self love and of acceptance of you know of everything about yourself, about both your dark and light, and uh, and realizing that you know you can't necessarily love somebody else unless you fill that cup for yourself and um you know every and that acceptance of everything that you are and and that raising of your horns now the funniest thing about that song is that i'm sure a lot of people will be looking at the title and thinking oh this is gonna be like you know banger of a song right no 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 (laughs) (laughs) which which was really you know just a silly idea i had during lockdown you know i was talking with the guys because we would like kind of facetime and I'm like, guys, I have this idea. I want to write a song called Raise Your Horns, but talk about the actual, like what it means to me. And guess what? It's not going to have any guitar <laughs> no <drum laughs> and I'm not going to do any screaming in it, you know? And right. um, so, um, you know, it's one of those things that I, I love the juxtaposition. That is the, uh, that, that is my Alice Cooper influence kind of showing it's, <laughs> it's right, right, right. But, cool. um, but you do get plenty yeah, of screaming I, in on Psycho Crazy. Which is yes, a practice that is before. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Well, if I, if, you know, if you're, I'm going to give you this side of me, I got to go the other side too. That's just, that's me being selfish as a singer. Um, right. But, but yeah, I don't know. It's like I, I had been developing some of that white noise uh, scream uh, technique kind of on the road, um, you know, for the past couple of years, had never really delved in. I did it maybe a little bit. There was like a touch of some background vocal things that I did on the last album, but never really featuring it. And so it was kind of funny um, to be recording these songs. And even the, especially in Psycho Crazy or Wicked Ways, the guys in my band would listen to these tracks that I was sending in. And, and they were like, are you okay? Like, I, you're, you're an animal. I haven't heard you do that. So it was kind of nice to surprise guys that, that, that have known you, you know, probably better than your own family does. So. Yep. 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 So you've been doing some shows. What's, what's it been like back on stage in front of people? Oh, it's wonderful. Um, you just feel like you're at home. It's also different now uh, in a good way. I feel like some of the things that we normally would be like paying too much attention to like, Oh, did I hit that note? Or did I, you know, those normal discussions that usually happen like after a show, you know, it's like, Oh, you know, you were too fast with these tempos, or maybe I was flat on this note or something. We're not talking about that anymore. We're just so 
caught up in the middle of the moment, you know, and just like trying to live in the present, live in the now. And then after the show, we're just so happy to be able to say that we can still do this and that we're, we're here. So, and, and I've noticed that with the audience too, the audience is literally coming to a show, like it's going to be stolen from them again. So um, it's right. just, I don't know. It's a, it's a beautiful time. And there's, I've also noticed a huge drop off in people using their phones on you know, like, like, Oh, oh really? Like, as far as like, just pay, like not paying attention, everyone just wants to see everything and, and absorb it. So I don't know. I hope, I hope that's a trend that continues on because it's good to see everyone's faces. Not, <laughs> not, no, well, let's face it for the last couple of years, everybody's just been doing nothing but staring at yeah, their phones. I was so. going to say they probably need a break. <laughs> <laughs> that's excellent. So what are you going to do on the sixth when the record comes out? Oh my! Well, as is tradition, we uh, we usually go out to a couple record local record stores and try to buy the album um, right. <laughs> for, for luck, um, as is tradition. And it's funny because you know, like I said before, like I keep thinking about buying it, and I'm like, am I going to get emotional? I might, but it's just going to be fun. It's going to be it's going to feel so good to just finally get it out there because I mean, we've been waiting for so long to put out new music, and then you finally get it done. We got everything mixed and mastered and sent in in December. And then now right. finally, you know, in the immortal words of Tom Petty, the waiting is indeed the hardest part. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> All righty. Well, hopefully you'll make your way back down to New Zealand in the near future. Absolutely. We're, we're, we're opening we're, things uh, up. <laughs> we, uh, we're, we're planning on it. Like I said, you know, fingers crossed. We were just talking about that with our, you know, with our booking team. Make sure we get... We get over there real soon. I mean, I miss all you guys and and thank you so much, not only to you, but thank you so much to everybody that um, that ha has been coming to the shows every time we come down there. Thank you for not forgetting all about us. And I hear from so many of you online and um, especially during the entire lockdown, you guys were just a, a light in the dark to me. So I appreciate Excellent. it. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for spending time with me. Uh, good luck with everything Party. and we hope to hear you soon, see you soon. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Marty. Good to see you again. You too. Bye-bye.